Welcome back to Conservative Conversations. I'm your host, Reed. And I'm Frank. Today we're going to be talking about J.D. Vance showing up to East Palestine, Ohio to stir up the muck. We're also going to be talking about uh, the progressive DAs taking over our big cities, as well as the ongoing war situation in with Russia and Ukraine. And to top it off, we're going to be talking about green energy policies, whether or not they're being favored in the states. So let's get into it. Okay, so to follow up with, uh, you know, an ongoing story and something that we mentioned in our last segment, uh, you remember, I'm sure, that there was this train derailment here in East Palestine, Ohio, right over near the border with Pennsylvania. And um, our newly elected senator, Republican, um, J.D. Vance, uh, was seen over there. Um, I saw a video on YouTube of him going down to like a creek bed. Have you seen this video? Uh, I've seen clips of, of the video, yeah. Well, he goes down to like this creek bed and he takes this big stick and he just like disturbs the muck in the creek. And you can see the chemicals release out of like the, the mud right. and like come up to the surface and you see this like sheen of chemicals all over the surface of the water where it had not been there just a second before. Right. You know? Yeah. So, um, that's definitely pretty interesting. And I think it's pretty cool, you know, that he's using his new spot, his mm-hmm. new microphone or megaphone, as you might say, his new uh, platform as a Senator. Yeah, exactly. To, uh, really shed some light on this. Right. Um, there's been a lot of questions and a lot of calls of, or a lot of cries of cover up, you know, because FEMA hasn't wanted to react to this. Right. The, the government hasn't really wanted to react. Norfolk Southern hasn't really wanted to react. Mm-hmm. Um, I heard that there was some kind of a town hall. Uh, I think our governor might have gone. I heard the only empty seat in the room was from Norfolk Southern. They didn't come. They just made a statement instead. Right. Said something about how they're pulling together a, a fund of like a million dollars to aid mm-hmm. in, in whatever cleanup efforts or, or whatever is ongoing. Um, and the thing about FEMA, you know, I just kind of touched on it, but um, the federal government had not really wanted to touch this with a 10 foot pole. And, and um, mm-hmm. I think even DeWine, uh, governor of Ohio, Mike DeWine had been, you know, begging basically FEMA to get involved and they just kept saying no, no, no. But then funnily enough, uh, I saw, uh, an article put out that said that Trump had said he was going to come visit Mm -hmm. East Palestine and immediately the next day following his uh, announcement, FEMA stepped in to help. Yeah, that is uh, quite interesting timing. Well, I just think it shows that he's still getting stuff done. Yeah. You know, when I heard that story, I thought, wow, maybe he will be our our president again because that's effective leadership, you know? Sure. And, uh, you know, it it makes you think, you know, Janie Vance is a new senator. He just took his office at the beginning of this year. And... You know, after I heard about the fact that he was there in East Palestine, stirring up the muck, as you said, I mm-hmm. like that word. I even used it out loud the other day, too. And I I wondered, where's Sherrod Brown, our other senator, showing up, stirring up the muck, too? I haven't heard a peep from him. I mean, he might have been on the news making comments, but none significantly enough that they've come across the you know, the places I often follow. And I like the word muck because it reminds me of back in uh, like the turn of the century in the 1900s, the muckrakers, mm-hmm. the journalists. And this is the kind of stories that they'd be all over. Yeah. And that's, so I think, yeah, saying that J.D. Vance has come to stir up the muck in the river is really, really good use of the word. I think so, too. And I think... Um he probably obviously thought so too. Yeah. Oh yeah. Right. And it definitely shows that he at least is, you know, making it seem like he's definitely 
committed to the state. I mean, he's a new senator, so we're not, he doesn't have that much of a political record, so he's definitely making good moves as a, a new new person Yeah, they, in the office. they haven't gotten his hooks in him yet. In right. Their hooks in him yet. Right. But So good for him. You know, on the flip side, though, I do think that it's a great thing, um, truly great for him to come, you know, and it shows that he's like a man of the people. Right. Is exactly. how I would put it, uh-huh. you know, that he is willing to get down in those dirty creek beds right. and stir that those chemicals up yep. to prove, you know, he'll risk it. He'll put yep. himself on the line. Yeah. It's, and it's, that's some of the kind of claims like, you know, the Democrats are trying to make about him when he was running like he's. He's not really for the people of Ohio because he left and started these businesses or whatever. Uh, I forget exactly what he was doing. Some kind of venture capitalist, maybe? I could be very wrong. Other than his book, I I know he. that's one of the reasons why he's... Uh, his name, he has name recognition. Yeah. But the, that, you know, that is kind of one of the things I kept saying about him is he, he's not really a man of the people in Ohio. Because he left Ohio, went off, and did whatever it was he was doing. Yeah. He didn't stick around. But here he is going to the people where the problem is. And like you said, getting getting his hands dirty. He He's stirring up that stuff and breathing it in. I, I don't know if he was wearing any kind of protective gear. It didn't no, seem like it. Yeah, he I wasn't. Didn't, I didn't think so. So good, on, good for him. I think it's quite a good uh, political move for sure. Well, and I will just add one other. Well, I guess I guess technically I'll be adding two more things. But um, I did see another video. It, it's not just the J.D. Vance video, but there are other videos mm-hmm. out there. Um, there was one of a mother who took a big rock. She has a creek, you know, basically runs in her backyard or mm-hmm. whatever. Um, she goes and tosses a large stone into the creek. Right. And it splashes, okay, and as the rock falls, you just see it almost like bubbles up these chemicals. Mm -hmm. And it immediately coats the surface of the water. Now, J.D. Vance, in his video, he just got on, like, the edge of the creek and took a stick and just stirred the muck. Right, And a little bit just popped up. Beautiful, beautifully demonstrated. I dare say they had practiced to make sure that the camera picks it up and everything. But this mother, she just tosses this large rock out there, and it disturbs because it's moving water. Yeah, you can actually see it sort of bubble up and how it it's affected, and it goes almost into these like eddies, mm-hmm. and you can see that the chemical disperses itself in basically every direction mm-hmm. after it's disturbed. It doesn't just flow with the water; it it churns through the water into right. the water. It gets all mixed up in the water. Right. So, I mean, that's just scary for me to think about, too, because you think about all the things that are disturbing the water all the time. I mean, the, the water itself, in a way, is disturbing yeah. that muck right. a, yeah. as it's moving. So, you think about issues downstream. Well, you know? it, it's interesting you mentioned that because I think it was just this morning or yesterday that I heard Cincinnati and northern Kentucky are closing their water intake hmm. uh, because of this. Or reducing it, something, something of the sort. Well, yeah, I know. I don't know this the fact, but they did mention it in one reporting. I don't know if it was Fox News or who it was, but about how many states, municipalities, how many people mm-hmm. drink out of the Ohio River. Right. Yeah, so a lot. Yeah, it's, it's affecting a lot of people. And you think about that stuff just flowing, flowing, flowing. Well, because it's not just the Ohio River; it, it dumps into other rivers. Surely, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so it's. It's not contained, and it's going to certainly affect many people just outside of East Palestine. Well, and in a way, we've only scratched the surface on this. Mm-hmm. We won't find out the long-term effects. Right. Um, you know, if it gets into the groundwater, if it's going to be a, a real lingering issue. Mm-hmm. <sighs> but right. anyway, my last point on that, did you have something you wanted to say? Nope. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I felt like I was... I no, know. I was just saying, right? Okay. Well, the last thing I would say then is, you know, especially since a lot of this is unknown and ongoing, and we'll probably have to give updates to this story in the future, Mm -hmm. um, is that obviously we're praying for the people, you know, that they're unaffected or, you know, that they're not going to be any any more affected than they have been. Right. No health issues, no 
lingering problems. Maybe maybe FEMA's involvement actually will get things cleaned up. I don't know. We can hope and pray. Right, yeah, that, that'd be nice. That's part of their job. So anyway, that's all I really had on that, just to follow up. <clears throat> yep, and it's uh, definitely a good one. It's certainly a developing story and will be for a while, even though it might fall out of the headlines. Um, but uh, one of my topics is kind of, well, it's not, it's not related, um, but it is sort of a, a follow-up to some stories I've covered regarding uh, like the level of crime in our big cities. Um, recently on um, this podcast called Morning Wire, which is produced by Daily Wire, uh, it's like a 15-minute daily uh, news show podcast. Uh-huh. Uh, they often cover stories that aren't really in the headlines. Um, and they recently had on a guy by the name of Jim Nels, who is a Washington examiner examiner contributor. And um, he's been reporting on um, his investigative reporting on the number of progressive DAs uh, that are being elected in the city in these cities. Right. And um, one of the things he found, which I've definitely heard uh, several times before, um, since 2016, uh, George Soros has spent more than $40 million to elect 75 uh, prosecutors and those 75 prosecutors cover more than 20% of the American population. Wow. Which is, which is a lot. It's just those, you know, 75 covering just 20% of the population. You, seems kind of like a high percentage for that small of a number. Yeah. But, um, uh, He's found that these prosecutors often um, are funded by you know, George Soros's political action committees, these PACs that uh, raise funds and donate to campaigns and stuff like that. Right. Um, and oftentimes the PACs uh, push for policies to uh, like decriminalize nonviolent crimes, to fund the police. Um, you know, and have want to push for different social justice and racial justice uh, uh, policies, stuff like that. Right, the new justice, as some people call it. Right. Yeah. And he he's uh, found that in a lot of the cases in these cities, they're not able to like the politicians aren't able to get the laws certain laws passed because they don't have the numbers for them. Right. So they just use these progressive DAs to not enforce the current laws. Isn't that clever? Yeah, it is. And um, he's got a few examples that he talks about in this interview, um, and I'll have a link to it in the show notes. Um, uh, let's see where to go. Oh, okay. And in, in uh, Philadelphia and Chicago, an example of some of these nonviolent crimes that they um, decriminalize is uh, uh, resisting arrest. That's one of them in both cities. Um, which, whether or not one might think that's really a crime or not, but it definitely uh, causes problems if, you know, that's. A lot of the the beginnings of these police videos we see, often cases where somebody's resisting the commands of the officer. Yeah. Um, uh, so yeah, that's one example of some of the things they're uh, trying to decriminalize. He's I got another one here. Um, yeah. Also in the same two cities of Chicago, Philadelphia. Um, 
the DAs aren't prosecuting people for uh, illegal possession of firearms. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, in Philadelphia, arrests for illegal possession of firearms are up three times since their level in 2017, but convictions for the crimes have gone down from 65% to 49% uh, in part because like the case, the charges are being pled down or they're just not being pursued at all. Hmm. Well, and that's interesting. Uh, yeah, and you know, it's it just kind of ties into, like I said, stuff I've mentioned before, that how we've seen these increases in crime rates in these cities. And this is just one piece of the puzzle of, of why it's happening, because uh, the DAs and the prosecutors aren't, you know, co- trying to convict the, the criminals for the crimes that they're committing, so they uh, are being incentivized to go out and do it again because they they know they won't get in trouble for it. Well, I've got a couple things to say about that. Sure. If you don't mind. I would say that, um, well, it's an old question, but I would ask who prosecutes the prosecutors because that obviously needs to be done. If they're derelict in their duty, I mean, that's that's almost a crime. They can't be elected and then disobey the laws that they're elected to prosecute. Right. <laughs> I mean, it's... Yeah, that that is a problem. That's a horrible problem. Yeah. And then, you know, so I would think of solutions, and there's an interesting one out there. I don't know that it's an American solution. We'll have to find our own. But, you know, other nations have battled this George Soros, too. Mm-hmm. And there have been countries like Hungary. Hungary is a perfect example. They even have a Stop Soros law right. that combats... Um, illegal immigration or, or yeah. essentially immigration into their country. They, it heavily curtails mm-hmm. the immigration that was happening before the law. <clears throat> yeah, I've definitely heard of that. Um, uh, Tucker Carlson's done reporting on Hungary. I've seen some of his right, videos. That's right, on Fox Nation. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, I remember he put out those series of uh, interviews or whatever it was yeah. with Zelensky or... Oh, not not Zelensky. It wouldn't be Zelensky. It would. It's that other fella whose name um, I can't recall. I can't recall his name either at the moment. <clears throat> but yeah, those those were pretty good, uh, pretty good series. Mm-hmm. But um, you the other point that I'd like to make, if you don't mind, is one that you know. I mean, you'd think that these almost like socialist liberal types wouldn't approve of one rich man. Right. Buying that much of an influence when he's not even a citizen of these municipalities. Yeah. Yeah, well, I I would think uh, in a lot of cases, you know, especially if you want to, like, stereotype, like, or not stereotype, but use college students as a demographic example, uh, like these socialist liberal types, mm-hmm. they're probably not even told anything about the fact that these DAs are being funded by George Soros. Surely not. So, I mean, they wouldn't even question that. Well, it's the type of thing, if you just took the factoid that you just said, that he owns like 20% of America's attorneys or whatever. Essentially. If you went and asked that, without saying a name, to a college liberal, Mm -hmm. and you said if one man who doesn't even live in the United States influenced 20% of the DAs, Mm -hmm. Wouldn't you be upset by that? I'm sure they'd say, yeah. well, yeah, no yeah. rich man needs that much power. Yeah. How, they'd probably jump to conclusions and say, how dare Donald Trump? Right. Right? Because <laughs> the fact that I said he's not a citizen wouldn't even matter to them. They're right. so hell-bent on their... Well, then I think if you start to get into specifics and tell them what kind of stuff these DA support, but then they, they support that stuff too. So they, you get them questioning, well... Maybe I, I don't mind it or whatever uh-huh. stuff like that. Yeah. So they're willing to look. Maybe past I'm it. a little George Soros acolyte. Who is this George Soros yeah. anyway? <laughs> right. Well, lastly on this topic, uh, this Jim Nels has previously reported 
uh, and he mentions in this interview how uh, this the rates of crime and the fact that uh, criminals aren't being prosecuted for the crimes has uh, negatively impacted police officer morale. Oh, yeah. And um, which makes absolute sense. I said this out loud while I was listen- first listening to this interview. How many times can the police go arrest the same faces over and over again before they get tired of doing it and discouraged from doing it? Yeah. But also he's reported in his home city of Chicago that since 2019, um, over 3,000 police officers have left the Chicago police force and only half have been replaced. And um, even more uh, upsetting is that in Chicago, the police officer uh, trying to be sensitive about the word because YouTube doesn't like the 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 S word oh yeah 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 well well you could say self cancellation yes that works uh 60% no I'm sorry I'm just kind of saying this fact backwards the self cancellation rate of Chicago police officers is 60% higher than the national average. And on top of that... Do you mind to repeat that? Yeah. Um, The police officer's self-cancellation rate uh, in Chicago is 60% higher than the national average. Gotcha. Okay. Well, I think that actually would make sense. I mean, their hands are so tied and it's practically a war zone. Well, he also points out that since um, 2018, when Kim Fox uh, took office, more than 20... And she's one of those Soros types. Yes, more than 20 Mm -hmm. officers have self-canceled themselves, which is truly sad. Yeah, Yeah. because he says nobody's reporting on this in Chicago very much, but... Luckily, he is, and hopefully more people will see his reporting, especially in Chicago, and try to demand some change. It's just terrible. Yeah. They they need... We've addressed it before on this channel, but it mm-hmm. starts with that Lori Lightfoot. I'm sorry. Sure. Because even, even if Kim Fox was still in the job, mm-hmm. if they had a good person leading Chicago... <clears throat> Kim Fox wouldn't be able to get away with that. Yeah, exactly. It's good leadership. They they lack it in right. Chicago. They have for a long time. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've mentioned this problem too. I mean, with, with statistics like this, what what person in Chicago is going to want to go be a police officer? Well, they'd better pay a million dollars yeah. a year. Right. I mean, because like a mentioned one of his statistics is that only half of the police officers have left have been replaced and it makes sense like I just said who who is going to want to go be a police officer other than desperate people yeah and potentially well then the whole department's going to go downhill sure well, because yeah. they'll have to throw out you know a blanket wide offer to get right. people in they'll just say okay we'll take mm-hmm. you with a criminal history we'll take you with drug problems we'll right. take you well, just as long as you can breathe come on right. in we'll take you and well, just, where's your police force going to be then well I'll put a tie it up with this since you said that uh, this is what we saw in Memphis recently with that uh, when those police officers beat the, that young man mm-hmm. to death yeah uh, the Memphis Police Department had lowered their requirements, and I'd have to go try to look for an article again, but I'm pretty sure I heard that at least one of those five officers were a convicted felon mm-hmm. prior to them Well, being it just employed. makes sense. I mean, you're seeing it in every industry. Why not with the cops as well? Yeah. Do you see it with the Army, for goodness sakes? Right. They've lowered their standards. Mm-hmm. Now to be a Navy SEAL, they've lowered their standards. I mean, yeah. <clears throat> I don't want to get up on my soapbox, but I think it all goes back to that no child left behind. That was such a lowering of the bar mm-hmm. 
that I think that's what people have just grown up with now is let's just lower the bar. Everybody yeah. can graduate. Everybody can jump over, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, you can't jump over? Let's put it down lower. It's, it seems like we're racing towards the bottom. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, these weak DAs and the lowering of the standards and a whole bunch of other stuff is multifaceted reasons why we see these increases in crime in the city. And hopefully one day we'll get the right people to start making some changes where in these cities so people can feel safe to live there. Yeah. When I think, not to just stay on that topic, but I think that's the real tragedy with the self-cancellation angle, mm-hmm. is think of how much those people, those cops must have loved Chicago. Yeah, That exactly. they felt that they couldn't even pick up their 30-year career and move somewhere mm-hmm. else, that they didn't want to leave Chicago, and right. they were so overwhelmed that they were just going to die there if, if that's what it, if that's where they were at. Mm-hmm. That's terrible. Yeah. I mean, this is a free country, and I understand loving a place, but, and I understand wanting to die for a place, but to do that, I don't know. It just, it hurts the soul. Sure does. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. All right, so what do you got next for us? All right, so I guess really... The next thing that I would have is kind of morbid, too. (laughs) Okay, I guess it's an all right transition. Yeah, it's sort of a heavy subject kind of day, I guess. Um, So I'll ease into it. I don't know if you saw, but North Korea just tested another long-range missile. Oh, yeah, and, like, flew over Japan or something? Yeah. close to Japan? This is the third time this year that they've tested mm-hmm. a long-range missile yeah. of this type. So, like I said, that's just... is try- I'm trying to ease us into this next one. So, another one is that... I don't know if you saw, but um, Biden just made a surprise trip overseas. Yeah, over he, like, teleported Ukraine. over there. Yeah, all in the sudden. middle of the night. I don't know how he did it. Yep. Where it's his doppelganger, but I can't <laughs> mention that. I I know Jim Carrey's getting paid awfully well to be over there right now. Jim but Carrey? <laughs> Jim Henson. No, I'm pretty sure Jim Carrey's Jim been Carrey, playing okay. Uncle Joe. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. It's Jim Carrey in a mask. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I got you now. Um, but anyway, yeah, so he's just magically overseas. And I've heard that it's not going that well for him. Apparently, I heard some kind of news that, well, you know, it's old news, actually, that China and Russia made some kind of a pact. I think it was a year ago or two years ago. Mm -hmm. And um, now, apparently, China has been giving things like drones and other sorts of military equipment Mm -hmm. to Russia to aid them in this Ukrainian thing. And I guess they looted that they're willing to go much further, Hmm. much, much further to help Russia with this current predicament. And it's kind of stirred up some stuff, some stuff that I was kind of thinking about the other day. I know I mentioned this to you privately, but I had just heard very recently some reporting that we, the United States blew up the Nord Stream 2 pipeline. Remember me asking you about that? Yeah, um, and I had heard quite a while, Not, I mean, probably not long after it happened, that that was one of the speculations that we, we had actually done it. Well, there was just some recent reporting, an article published sometime in February this month, mm-hmm. um, that laid the whole thing wide open. I sent it to you, it's in your email, it'll be in our show notes. Um but, yeah, apparently back on September 26th of 2022, we did. We blew that thing up. Navy SEAL divers went down and planted bombs and blew that sucker up. And mum's kind of been the word about it. They mm-hmm. don't really want to own up to it and sure. acknowledge it. And, um, but there's been some good evidence. And this article lays it out. 
that back on February 7th of 2022, so this would have been just before Russia invaded Ukraine. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Biden sent out a tweet that said that if Russia invaded, then the Nord Stream 2 would be shut off, canceled. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I remember that. Well, then it took him a while. I don't know why it took him so long. But they didn't blow it up till the 26th of that year, 2022. Then the next thing is in January of 2023, mm-hmm. an official congressional testimony on the record, the Secretary of State for Political Affairs, Victoria Newland, stated, and again I'll say, on the record, that the Biden administration was... Gr- I'm sorry, was very gratified to know that Nord Stream 2 is now a hunk of metal at the bottom of the sea. Interesting. So if that's not owning up to it, I mean, she says we're very satisfied. Mm -hmm. What's what's this? this I think it's supposed to be gratified. Very gratified to know. That Nord Stream 2 is not just a hunk of metal. So, apparently, I mean, I don't know how to prove it. There's an element of conspiracy to this, but Mm -hmm. apparently, one, plus I've told you before, we've talked about, we've been, this has been going ongoing for over a year now, apparently, Mm -hmm. but um, this is all just like a big fight over energy. And if this Nord Stream 2 went online, Russia was going to be selling cheap, comparatively speaking, cheap natural gas and oil and whatever it is mm-hmm. to Western Europe. Yeah. And I think primarily Germany, but yeah. Yeah, Germ- Germany too. Yes, of course. But they were going to be making lots of money and they were going to have these lucrative partnerships, this sort mm-hmm. of alliance, if you will, because right. of necessity. They need the pipeline. Um, so yeah, it's Germany for sure. It was mostly Germany, but all these other, um, Western Europe states, maybe even some of the central European. Sure. I'm not sure of the exact list, but so our interests were being threatened in a way Our you might call them political alliances were being threatened in a way. Mm -hmm. Um, apparently we sell natural gas and and oil and stuff to Germany and to Europe. Right. So I don't know. I just find it very interesting. And especially the way Biden's hinting just a couple of days before Putin goes into Ukraine. If you do it, you see what I'm saying? Uh, Like there's something super fishy about all this. And I just think it's interesting. I mean, the article you might have heard speculation at the time, and I'm glad yeah. you put it that way, because this article didn't come out until sometime in February, but he actually lists how many Navy SEALs there were, the dates, the times, mm-hmm. the the responses from the government, the, you know, the fact that sh- this was actually testified to just back in January, this woman named Victoria Newland. Uh-huh. Um, so... I don't know. I just think it's interesting. And there was this great Fox News piece that I just saw today where this lady was on and she was talking about how not only what I was saying before about how China seems to be gearing up for war in a mm-hmm. way. They keep telling Russia, we'll help you out. Take this weapon. Take this thing. To, we'll, you know, right. who knows? Maybe they're gearing up for nuclear. I hate to say it. I don't know. I don't want to be a warmonger. I'm not that Bolin guy. What's his name? I can't think. He worked for Fox News. He was one of Trump's advisors. Uh, I can't think of who you're talking about at the moment. Um, I can't think of it either. I can see his face. <clears throat> but anyway, um, one of the other things that she mentioned is that Russia, uh, Putin, is mm-hmm. putting up like another something like 500 million troops he has like 500 million troops in training right now that are about to become available 500 million do you mean a thousand i don't believe so 
I well, I mean, we'll have to look at the source maybe, but it was a big number. Yeah. And she was talking about how he plans on grinding away at this, doing it mm-hmm. forever. Right. Whereas the United States, you know, our taxpayer base is being bled dry and getting sick of this. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't even really understand what's going on. And there's some other issues. We've been supplying them weapons. Mm-hmm. Well, it just came out in an official report that our supply, our strategic supply of weaponry is dwindling. Of course. And uh, not only that, but this has been a war, a hot war with lots of bullets flying. Mm -hmm. They say on average 5,000 bullets a day. And the United States munitions manufacturing effort cannot keep up with 5,000 a day. So, I mean, that's just worrying. I mean, especially, you know how I think. Especially when you have somebody sitting here on TV screaming this stuff. Our weapons supply is dwindling. You have official reports that read this way. Mm -hmm. We can't keep up with bullets. You got Russia and China both saying they're going to double down. They'll be at this forever. They'll go nuclear, for God's sakes. And we can't keep up with what you might call a... What do they call that? Where it's, it's a proxy war. Yeah. We're not even really there. Right. <clears throat> so imagine if we went hot and we're being fought on two fronts from two enemies. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just sounds, with this leadership. Yeah, that, that'd be terrible. Now, this, and this is just speculation, you know, thoughts popping in my head while we're talking about it. It, uh, you know, China getting more involved seems like it could be a you know part distraction on their end because if they can get us more focused on the ukraine and russia war then maybe on the sideline they can go uh make more encroachments towards taiwan or other parts of the south china sea well i think that's one of the reasons why russia and china made that compact Mm -hmm. because I mean, that's what one of the Fox News hosts was trying to say, too, is that we should be fighting this war with Russia and we should be giving it all we've got because imagine what kind of a message that would be if we just allowed Ukraine to be taken. Right. Then Taiwan would be taken. But I don't see why the two have to be linked. And it's like I said, it seems like there's a lot more. Now, I'm sure Mm -hmm. a lot of people might think that way. and I'm sure there's some truth to it. But I think it's more nuanced than that. And oh, this no. this energy, it seems to be the name of the game. Because China, yeah, they might want Taiwan. It was historically theirs in the first place, you know? I mm-hmm. mean, I, I'm not giving in. I'm not a Chinist, you know? I don't think they should take Taiwan. I've got good family friends who are from Taiwan. <clears throat> but, I mean, if you look at it in that way, that's just a territorial dispute. China's... The energy game is important to them, too. That's why they've been doing their Belt and Road Initiative. They're making all those compacts with those other nations, India and, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, the... A lot of countries in Africa. Yeah, countries in Africa. A lot of the Philippines, those mm-hmm. kind of countries, the little island things. and <clears throat> They're trying to secure up what they can and supply those nations with what they can and build that road so they have a supply chain routes and and all that stuff and quite frankly taiwan doesn't really fit into that it's just it's an old you know xi jinping just wants that feather in his cap to say Mm -hmm. that they have that the jewel the crowning jewel back in the crown or whatever but i definitely understand i think i think it is slightly more than just territorial because um, I well, we've talked about before how Taiwan makes all these computer chips, and China wants access to those. Because uh, I mean, China might make some of their own, but I don't think they produce them uh, in the same quality and quantities as uh, are made in Taiwan. Well, I don't know that China does anything to the same quality as <laughs> other parts of the country right. or you know world. They are damn good at manufacturing stuff quickly, but I don't know about the quality. Seems to me they could fix some of those issues. You don't have to fix that by takeover. 
But, you know, who am I? What right. do I know? <laughs> <laughs> but so, yeah, anyway, I mean, I mostly wanted to talk about it just because I just heard it. I, it was a really good bit. Mm-hmm. The The link to that Fox News clip is going to be in the show notes. Uh, I highly recommend you check it out. And not because I want you to stock your basement and be afraid of nuclear war either. But I just find that stuff very interesting and and concerning. And I see us being yeah. split. I've I've been saying it for a while, and I, you know, if China were to step in at a time like this, when we've been fighting a proxy war with Russia for a year, mm-hmm. with this leadership that we have, I mean, it's I almost feel like we've been begging for Chinese takeover. Now, will it ever happen? I've said before, I'd love to see some little Chinese fella come over here and try and take a West Virginian's land from a West Virginian. Uh-huh. I don't think it's going to happen ever, but. It is very concerning, and I don't think our nation could afford it. Uh, no, I don't think so either. Uh, physically and financially. Because mm-hmm. as you mentioned shortly ago, I mean, recruit, recruitment's down for our military. I'm sure it is. So I'm it, sure it is. It would be hard to... Unless you want to go be a rainbow soldier. Yeah. She, oh, yeah. him, her, they, it. Be your authentic self. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it's. I think it's definitely concerning, too. Um, we, we have a weak administration on foreign policy, and uh, it's definitely been showing in the past couple months, if not the past year. Well, yeah, his whole, More than a year? Yeah, his whole oh, like, yeah, that's right. Dare we mention Afghanistan again? Uh-huh, yep. Yep, that's only one of many problems. You know, he also blew up our Nord Stream pipeline. What was that one called? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, the big one that they were supposed to do that he shut down. Oh, Okay, I see what you're saying. XL. He yeah, blew the, up our XL pipeline. Well, he didn't blow so that's, it up. In a way, he did. We don't want to confuse the people about the language. Well, he shut it down. There we go. Because <laughs> we were talking about that we literally blew up well, Nord Stream. okay, and he figuratively blew up XL. Okay, yes. He so sure he did. figuratively <laughs> blew up two pipelines. Yeah. Yeah, and it's funny that you mentioned the pipeline because that kind of feeds into my next topic uh, related to our green energy policies. Um, Shell Atkinson, who is a really good old-school reporter, she's got a show, uh, comes on Sundays, I think, on local Fox broadcast stations uh, called Full Measure with Shell Atkinson. You can uh-huh. also find the full episodes and each individual segments on her YouTube channel. Uh, there'll be links for the particular episode that I'm going to be talking about in the show notes. But she reported that um, let's see what st- a couple states have delayed their planned closing of coal plants. Uh, this was Nebraska, New Mexico. Indiana and Wisconsin, and um, excuse me, one uh, particular uh, public service, con- what's it, what's this one, controller, something like that, um, was talking about how uh, she's calling for a national pause and reconsideration of our energy plans, because a lot of these states have been switching to like the solar and wind energy and stuff like that. Um, and one of the things that she points out, which uh, a lot of, uh, I guess not just conservatives, but a lot of people have pointed out like these EV cars and the solar panels might be clean emitting, but the process to get them there is certainly not clean. And Well, not to mention they do all the... Um Rare earth mineral stripping. They they do a lot of mine stripping yeah, that, to that, get those. Right, and that's minerals. part of it. Yep. Mm-hmm. So she 
you know, talking about how we need to think about, you know, which they might be, these things might be clean emitting, but we have to consider what it takes to get there. And also that you can't just switch to them it's, you know, as your only sources of energy. One in part of you know, the process to make them is it clean, so you're you're not really solving the problem by having having them uh, produced, but also they're not quite as reliable. So uh, she promotes a balanced uh, uh, approach to our energy system, which makes sense. You know, I think she, the phrase she used an all of the above uh, type approach. Yeah, I've heard that expression yeah. before. Because you know, most people. I mean, I'm don't know anybody really who doesn't want clean air and you know clean water or whatever the case might be well i'm a cigarette smoker <laughs> well but uh it's just a matter of you know in, in the case of like solar panels and the ev cars or they're just not quite ready for prime time and exclusive use and you can't get rid of your fossil fuels yet because they're still needed and they importantly have, you know, by processes like fracking, have helped to reduce uh, emissions from like fossil fuels and stuff like that. So I thought that was a good piece, and hopefully we'll see more uh, policies like this in other states where they're slowly, slowly rolling back their, uh, you know. Uh, strive to be like only on solar or uh, wind, stuff like that. Well, I do think it's interesting, and it's just like what we've already talked about, in my opinion, because it's another one of those where good leadership would go a long way. Yeah. Because Mm -hmm. if you look at the current leadership that we have for these go green initiatives and the save the earth people, Mm -hmm. you know, there are people like the... Greta Thunberg's of the world and um, what's his name? Former vice president, Al Gore. Oh yeah. Um, But one of my favorite things that was ever said to me, um, I had some really good bosses that I used to work for uh, a male and female couple. Mm -hmm. um, And uh, they, they made okay money. It was a, he was a doctor. She was a nurse. Uh, They made pretty good money. And he once said to me, the husband did, he said, you know, look at us. We drive a Prius. Me and my wife, we both drive a Prius. He said, you look at people like Al Gore. They go jet setting all over the world. They might be in three different countries in the same afternoon. Mm-hmm. How, yep. how much CO2 is that put into the world just so they can show up and say, hey, guys, we got to do better. We got to think green. Uh-huh. We got to save the whales. We got to yep. do whatever. <clears throat> Where he says, look at us, we're two, two little people in Ohio. Mm-hmm. He said, at the time we went to buy this car, we bought the, you know, what we thought was the smartest choice for the environment on gas all mm-hmm. around. Yeah. But they definitely considered environment when, when they bought their vehicles. Mm-hmm. He said, now tell me, what more can we do? Look right. at somebody like Al Gore. Yep. And then look at somebody like us. What more can we do to right. really help? I mean, we recycle, we drive a Prius. What, what do you want me to do, you know? Yeah. And that's what kills me is if you listen to these people, a lot of it's this, like, shaming, this bashing. Yeah. Like, you need to be better. You all need to change. Change your right. ways. And who is it that really needs to change? Right, exactly. I mean, and I'll just give you one last tidbit because it falls off of what what I basically just reported, even though I'm just recycling what somebody else reported. But Biden, you know, somebody like a Biden, he wants to be green. Mm -hmm. His base loves that stuff. Is it green when they go and blow up pipelines? No. Probably not. You think his people would love that? You know, the people in his base, the, the liberal types. Right. So another one of those, if you just went to a college campus and say, uh, which president blew up a pipeline feeding Germany natural gas? Right. Trump. <laughs> yeah. Nope. You're wrong. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, when when 
talking about the environment, if we go back to the stranger element, yeah, I feel like it took days before any kind of environmentalist group started squawking about it. Well, you're exactly right. The question was asked, if these hazardous materials were on this train, why wasn't it labeled as such? Mm-hmm. And the response from the federal government was, there wasn't enough hazardous material on mm-hmm. the train. Interesting. For it to be labeled that way. And we're, we're thinking, well, I thought you guys were liberals. Wouldn't anything be... I mean, look at California. Right. You can't buy a stick of gum without a hazard label on it that says it contains chemicals known to the state of California that can cause birth defects mm-hmm. and cancer and blah, blah, blah. And right. that's on every product they sell in California. Right. Well, I've, my, my day job is retail and clothing and mm-hmm. you know, related items, accessories. And there are some items... We can't ship to California because uh-huh. and rules like that, environmental rules. Yeah, so I'm just saying, I mean, that's the model. California is the liberal yeah. model, mm-hmm. right? And then you take the EPA under a, a liberal administration, and they say, eh, wasn't enough. Right. You got East Palestine crying, saying, mm-hmm. give us answers, give us something. The government says, nah, we're not really interested. Right. <laughs> Well, I mean, using California again as the example, when talking about this, you know, all of the above type approach, well, that's certainly not the approach they're taking because they they push for all these the solar panels, the winds. They they want to make sure you can't buy a gas powered car by I think twenty thirty or twenty thirty five, something like that, in the state. I'm sure it is twenty thirty. Yeah, and. Every summer, what do we hear about California? Rolling, Rolling blackouts. blackouts. Exactly, because they can't keep up with the demands of their electric grid because their their uh, you know, solar panels and their wind turbines can't cover it all. Yep. So, like I said before, hopefully we'll see more states realizing and more leaders in the states realizing that these... Uh, one-size-fits-all policies with energy aren't going to work. Yeah, that's right. Because there's nothing wrong with going green. Yeah, exactly. Like I said, we everybody wants a clean environment. It's just a matter of how we get there. And right now, the process of getting there isn't all that better. Yeah. And uh, I think that's it. That's all I got. That's all I got. Nice. I thought that was a pretty good, pretty good show. And uh, folks, if you enjoyed our conversation today, please let us know in the comments on our YouTube video. You can also leave a rating interview on your favorite podcast platform, wherever you find your other podcasts, uh, Apple, Spotify, and many other platforms. And you can visit our website, contemporaryconservative.net, for some additional content. And as always, thanks for listening.